I'm Rima. And I'm Ben. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the CBS all-access miniseries, The Stand. This week we are covering the original 1994 miniseries of the same name. Yeah. Welcome, Ben, to Strange Indeed. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Very excited. Good, good. This has been a long time coming. I can't believe that you and I have been friends for this long. And we've and never podcasted together. I know, because you have your own podcast, and I've been has Strange Indeed for, I looked at it the other day, and it's been three years. Where did the time go? Well done. And when we talked about, um, you know, when this just kind of came up in conversation, because we knew the stand, um, the new version was coming out, and we thought, gosh, somebody needs to podcast on this, and you showed interest, and I'm like, well, I want to do it too. We thought, well, duh why don't we just do it together it was kind of a (laughs) no-brainer i know i was like and then why the hell did it take so long um to get here and the the funny part is we were talking about like possibly doing it as an all-new podcast (laughs) and then i think it was either you or jason at one point said well why don't you do it for strange indeed and we're like oh yeah that's kind of it totally makes sense. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't know why we would even think about putting it um, anywhere else and, and, and coming up with a whole brand new podcast when I thought, you know what? I've got a lot of uh, people out there that love Stephen King, love The Stand. Uh, it totally fits with what we do um, here at Strange Indeed with all of our weird, quirky, dark, twisty shows uh, that, that we cover. I thought this is perfect. Um, and then and then you and Paik did what was almost a perfect transition into this too i mean you're talking about the haunting of bly manor into another flanagan helmed project which was dr sleep so you Mm -hmm. went from a television show to a from one director to a movie from another director that happened to be about stephen king and now we're going into a movie about from stephen king into a television series from stephen king so it was almost a perfect transition yeah we, I'm not we, even going to say almost. It was a perfect transition. Well, thank you. Thank you. Sometimes we uh, things just click around here sometimes, and sometimes I manage to get things right. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, that was super exciting, fun fun to do with Paik, and I'm, I'm so excited uh, to cover the, the new reboot of The Stand with you. I'm super excited um, for that to start. That starts next week. Uh, well, sorry, this week, my dates are off. Um, <laughs> my days are running together. I have nothing in control right now. Starts this week. So really excited for that to get started and to cover that with you. But when we were talking about, you know, we thought, you know what, um, before we start podcasting on the new uh, reboot of the miniseries, we should pay a little homage to the original. Because yes. I know that you are a really big fan of the original. A lot of people are. I think there's some opinions out there, maybe differing opinions, but um, I think it's it's good to kind of pay a little respect to that, talk about it a little bit. Um, so I think that was a really good idea that you had to kind of, well, let's talk about this one, um, you know, and kind of give a little teaser to the reboot. Yeah, it's and it, you know what? It's it's one of those things that I, I came up with the idea. I'm glad you are completely on board for it. Hell yeah. Um, because it is a miniseries that I've I've watched for years. I mean, I still go back and rewatch the miniseries 
every couple of years I go That's back awesome. and I rewatch it. And I, it, funny enough, I hadn't rewatched it this year. I had intended on rewatching it this year, but didn't kind of because of the world we're living right now is oddly it's, very similar. It's a little too close to home right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, with the stand coming out this year and us podcasting about it, I was like, okay, I've, I wanted to watch it this year anyway. Now's a good enough reason to watch it. Mm-hmm. Differences or the you know similarities to the world aside, I'll watch it. And then I started watching it. And I'm like, whoa, this is oddly very, very. At least in the at least in part one, I'm like, this is very, like this is giving me chills. How kind of realistic this is at the moment. Sometimes as I'm watching that first episode, I'm like. I, I would forget that I'm watching like a miniseries TV show for entertainment and that I'm not watching like the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it's, it's oddly, man, it's, it's very eerie. Um, it was how similar to the world. It is right now, way, but I'm still a fan of things. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, gosh, is something way back in, well, and, and even further back than 1994, because Stephen King wrote this in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to see it in, you know, all the way, in, even just in 1994 and look at like, holy shit, look at what's that's, that's happening like right now. Um, so some of it was kind of hard to watch because it was just a little too real. Um, so I'm curious how they'll kind of do that in like, how close will it be? You know, when they do the reboot, like when they, you know, show some of these scenes or talk about as, you know, you know, the, this flu, you know, comes out into the world and how people are handling it and stuff, you know, how because they, they filmed it before everything happened. Like they, they had just wrapped production mm-hmm. in March. Just, they like just hit the mark right before everything shut down. So they just missed it. So they didn't really, you know, they, have they didn't know what was coming yet. They didn't know was coming yet they only were going off of book and what had happened in the previous you know and if they're using anything from the previous uh, miniseries the 1994 version as a model that's all they had so i'm curious to see how much you know they kind of model that to be more current um and also again with um just that eerie feeling you know of how close to home it is right now yeah, and I gotta, I have to pride CBS for for still releasing this miniseries too, because at the time when the pandemic had really started to hit, and you know the country was shutting down, people were staying at home, mm-hmm. you know we weren't able to go out and do things, at, you know at that time there were a number of television shows that were wrapping up their seasons, and one in particular is the is the show New Amsterdam on NBC, mm-hmm. who they completely cut their season finale, they never aired it because their season finale. Finale, which was recorded well before the pandemic hit their season finale was about a pandemic oh wow bre- breaking out in new york city so when we actually entered into a pandemic they were like well okay if this might be a little mm-hmm. too touchy to air this right now right. so while all these other shows were kind of backing off the topic um cbs has this has the stand sitting there waiting to debut which is basically about a pandemic with religious undertones. Yes. Uh, and they're still at this point, like, you know what? It's been long enough where that's time has passed. We're used to this now. We're just going to put this out there. Yeah. This is life now. And I, I, I think it's good. I admire them, you know, for doing that too. And I, and I think part of it also could be because, you know, I was reading a little bit of, of what the showrunner has to say, because clearly this, is bringing some attention uh, 
uh, because people are like, well, there's a pandemic in the stand and, you know, it, 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 it mirrors so much of what's happening today. And so, of course, this is kind of news for this new reboot. And so he's getting asked about this a lot. And he he keeps emphasizing that, you know, the stand isn't just about a pandemic. And it's so easy to kind of focus on that. I mean, that is clearly a, a lot of focus, mm-hmm. but that's not what it was all about. And he's very clear about that. He's like, you know, that is not what Stephen King's intention was when he wrote the book. Yes, there is a pandemic that happens. There is a killer virus. It does wipe out 99.4% of the world's population. Thank God we at least haven't gotten to that point, um, you know, in our, in our real world. But, you know, it's more about what Stephen King, you know, what happens when the world does get empty. You know, it was King's intention to kind of have like this, his own Lord of the Rings you know, kind of version of the story. So he, he really likes to kind of um, focus on, on that. And so I think that, um, you know, it's like, yes, this happens, but it's in, I think you could kind of almost kind of compare that a little bit to the walking dead, right? Walking dead is kind of similar because it doesn't just become about, you know, people becoming zombies. It's not always about the zombies. It's kind of about how people deal with the world in this situation, how do people it, survive? And it's more about the aftermath. On. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Although there's not as many religious undertones in The Walking Dead, thankfully. <laughs> I mean, this is basically, yes. I mean, the stand is basically yin and yang, good versus evil. Yes. You know, is basically what it comes down to. And that's really the main point of, of the story, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. Uh, I agree. I have to ask, have you read the book before? No. You, oh, you can say no because my the answer my answer to that question is no as well. I got super intimidated. This is like one of his biggest, longest books. It's and huge. I have it. I haven't read it. Oh, I got all the st- all the King books for sure. Whether I read them or not, um, but yeah, it it you know sometimes I just be I I look at it and I got super intimidated. And I know that it's supposed to. I mean, I I hear that when you you know it's like so many people love that book. And I, I'm sure it's absolutely fantastic because I love Stephen King, but I would get so intimidated by how how much reading it was. I was just like, I there's no way I'm going to finish that. Um, yeah. So no, I didn't. I'm I'm the same exact way. I yeah, I see the size of it, and as a matter of fact, as we're recording, I'm looking at it right now on my bookshelf, <laughs> and I'm intimidated just by looking at it right now. Um, you know, I've read a lot of Stephen King's works as well. Yes. I'm a big fan of, of his. And I do know from doing my research, even before we decided the podcast about it and before CBS announced they were doing a new miniseries, I I did my research being a fan of the original miniseries. So I do know of some differences from the book right. to the original miniseries. I, you know, uh, certain characters were combined into one character. Other oh. characters were completely left out of the miniseries, but are in the new miniseries. Okay. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to to do that. Uh, Interesting. I mean, f- for example, uh, Nadine, uh, the character uh, played by... Um, uh, it was Laura San Giancomo in the yes. original 94 version, yeah. Yes. Uh, her character is actually not, it's not Nadine with Larry in New York City. Okay. Uh, it's a completely other character that was not in the miniseries. Oh, but and for he the, meets her later, right? He meets Nadine later. Right, okay. Uh, but for the sake of time in the original miniseries, they eliminated the one character and they just made Nadine the one that was the one that was with him in New York to kind of 
right push push it forward a little bit faster typical when they put things on tv or in movies because you you have a lot less time in like a miniseries or tv event or a movie than what you do in this big ass book that you know stephen king can just you know write unlimited <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it makes sense. It happens. And, and the stand is one of those stories too that because it's so detailed and it's so lengthy that you know people say like you know when you look at it and the original miniseries of it that was done in two parts. So in essence, it was about I think three hours mm-hmm. uh, when you remove commercials from it. Three hours isn't enough time to tell that story, but they right. did a con- a. a a condensed version of it for television. They made changes they had to in order to make it work. Yep. I haven't, and they did the same thing with the four point miniseries of The Stand, as one of the examples I just mentioned with Nadine's character. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind there's going to be differences from the book to this 10, nine part series. Yes. Because uh, even in nine parts, I still don't think you have enough time to tell this story. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I'm confident there's going to be changes. There's going to be truncated things. There's going to be things that are completely removed. But I'm still looking forward to it as much as I did the original miniseries. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm super pumped. I, I think it's going to be a, a really great cast. I think the 1994 version had a really great cast. I forgot all the people that were in it. I, I was like, look at all these people that were in it that you know, weren't yet, you know, you know, big names in movies or TV. Some had been, but, you know, had maybe not done much in their career f- for a few years. And here they come back a little bit, you know. Um, so, it, yeah, it was it was super cool. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they can do in a nine-part miniseries. Because the ninth episode is new material from King. Mm-hmm. He wrote this Coda ninth episode and it's all new. It's not in the book. Uh, it wasn't a part of the 94 miniseries, and, and he wrote it, and I'm super pumped. I'm, I'm pumped for that as well, because it, you, one, because it's written by him. It's written by King himself. So I'm mm-hmm. very, very curious what this is, because it's going to come from his head. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that has me intrigued. My fear about it, though, is that, you know, when you figure episode nine is the coda, so it's it's the epilogue to the original story that we already know. Mm-hmm. So that it means episodes one through eight are the stand. Nine is the coda, which means we're already getting a sh- an even shorter amount of time to tell this story. Yeah, eight parts. We're getting eight parts instead of nine. But my real fear for that coda is that what if he's planting a seed for this to be a second season? Oh. For there to be a second season. <laughs> I because thought about that. <laughs> I've read multiple reports about the, the production. I've read, I've already read a review, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, at no point in any of these reports have they said this is a limited series. And huh. limited series usually means it's one and done. So I'm almost curious of what if he's like creating something in this coda so that CBS could take this to a second series, second season. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't either. I kind of want this story to be one and done. Yeah, I do too. I I want it to be similar to that where we just, you know, kind of end it and we don't have to, you know, have like a part two or a second season. So I hope, I hope not. I mean, I don't want fear the stand. (laughs) 
or the stand world beyond. I don't want any of that. You don't want that. a bunch of little spinoffs of the stand happening here? No, I really don't. I, I don't want... I, I don't want like, it's like I don't know if you're I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the story of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which is basically the story of Hamlet, but told by two background characters, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Okay. I don't I don't want like Ratman and Trashcan Man are dead. <laughs> Coming from the stand, which is the entire story of the stand, but told from Trash Can Man's point of view. Or you have to It'd have be... all these characters and have their own spinoffs of survivors, you know, and have yeah, I, has I, their own I, show. I mean, it's almost like when it was rumored that James Cameron was going to do a sequel to Titanic. It was basically going to be the same movie, but told from different characters on the ship. And I'm like, no, nobody wants this. No, and we never alone. got it, thankfully. So oh I, that is a fear that it's it's it, it, it might be a lead into a second season. Like maybe CBS asked him to do this so that if they wanted to do a second season, they could. I hope that's not the case. I hope I'm wrong. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that thought. You've, you've put a little fear into me now. And, and, you know, I can't find and not that I want to know because I don't want to be spoiled, of course. So I haven't dug too deep. But from what I've read, and I've seen it in a couple of different places where they're saying that, yes, he wrote this ninth episode, and it's kind of this coda that, it, you know, it's all this new material. It wasn't in the book. It wasn't in the miniseries. Um, so I'm like, oh, this could be really interesting. It's always interesting to to see how he would maybe wrap it up or if there was mm-hmm. something maybe that he wanted to add to it. Maybe he didn't feel like, because it was written in the 70s. It was a very, very long time ago. Maybe looking back on it, he's like, I really wish I'd put this in there, you know, and I just, you know, it's already published and it's already there. So, but this is my opportunity to kind of, you know, add a little something that I wanted to in the story that I didn't back then. So I'm trying to just hope it's something like that. Cause I don't really see a whole lot about it, like what it's supposed to be. They're not talking about it. And of course I haven't went and tried to look for spoilers because I don't want to know. I mean, clearly we know how the stand goes, right? I mean, the, the, the stand is what it is and they, they might make some tweaks and changes in the new one to try and make it a little bit fresh or, you know, try to tell a little bit more of the story than what they were able to do in 94. Um, but the, the, the ninth episode is clearly all new and they're not talking about that. And I don't want to know, but I'm gonna uh, it, I'm gonna hope it's just maybe he's like you know what this is how I went to kind of end it originally so he's getting his two cents in now he's he's know. bringing in Pennywise at the end and it's gonna lead to the second season exactly and, exactly um, Pennywise know, and, and Randall Flagg are cousins so well you know it's funny that you say that <laughs> they kind of are yeah because they kind of are I know <laughs> I mean, Randall Flagg is a character who is not just in the stand. Like, he is in multiple Stephen King stories. He's in everything. He just goes by different names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the man in black in uh, oh, the, Dark the Dark Tower. Tower. Oh, my God. The, um, the holy grail of all Stephen King, yes. He he is a character the, that is um, in... Eyes of the Dragon. Yes, he is. One of my absolute favorite books ever from Stephen King. He's in he that is, one. He is in a number... The character of Randall Flagg... That particular character is in a number of Stephen King stories. Yeah. He is basically an immortal character. He just goes by different names. Yep. And, you know, and the stand is when one uh, where he fits the most perfectly mm-hmm. because of what he tries to do. And in many ways, that it's been rumored for a while and theorized that Pennywise is, he's not Randall Flagg, but he is related to... In in some ways, to Randall Flagg, they are 
they are related in many ways. Yes, I've I've heard the same. Uh, but yeah, they're not quite the same entity. I don't know that we can call them creatures, but whatever type entity that they are, yeah, they're very very similar. They could be very much related. So so mm-hmm. yeah, um, he's he's bringing in the family help. He's calling in some reinforcements in the form of Pennywise. Um, yeah, and he can't and he can't bring in Dolores Claiborne because. No. Uh, um, Kathy Bates was already in the stand. She was. Which, I forgot. That, that was such a short little thing. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. It. You know, going back to that too. That was funny because when I was rewatching it right before we started recording about this, uh, there were like you. There were a number of faces that popped up. I was like, oh, I fr- like Ed Harris. I completely Harris. forgot that Ed Harris was in the original miniseries. I love him so much, and he was a big name. I mean, he was. He's always, at least for me. I mean, I love Ed Harris. He's he's just classic. I mean, yeah. uh, oh shit, what was that movie that he's in? I just couldn't think of it. It was totally on the tip of my brain, and I couldn't think of it. Anyway, he was a prisoner on like death row. I forget. Um, but oh my god, if you haven't seen that it is it's amazing i'll think of it later and and, and put it in but anyway he's always tops for me yeah he was in it kathy bates i was like oh my god it's it's annie wilkes um i forgot oz i forgot ozzy davis was one of the main characters Mm -hmm. in in the movie um you know i i love i mean while we're on it we might as well talk about the cast of the original talk about the cast yeah um you know because i still love him to this day I I adore Rob Lowe. I really do. Who doesn't? Um, his podcast is fantastic. I've loved him in everything from, you know, Parks and Rec to The Outsiders. Like he's and he does he's timeless. He's and timeless. he does. He's fantastic in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't get to talk very much, but no. uh, you know, he and it's always heartbreaking when his death pops up. Oh yeah. You know, because I forgot it, it's about a, that too. It's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you have he has to know at that point that he's he's saving everybody and he's sacrificing himself. Yeah. And, you know, there's no that question. There's no question in my mind. That's what he was doing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I almost forgot too. This is kind of a uh, a little bit of a name drop for me, but there's a person in this cast that. I completely forgot was in this cast who has been on my podcast before, has been on one of my podcasts Stop, before. Stop, who? Um, his, he's an actor by the name of Patrick Kilpatrick. He was actually the town bully that beats up on Rob Lowe's character. Okay, that's um, awesome. The, the one that um, uh, Nick Andros shoots when right? he's on top of him in the street. That's Patrick Kilpatrick. And had I remembered he was in it, I would have brought it up when I talked to him, but I didn't remember until this point wow well it was a long time ago yeah yeah (laughs) and it was easy to forget i mean but you you look at some of the other cast members we've got rick i mean gary um Stu redman who i've been saying for years and it it even it we're rewatching it kind of confirms it Stu redman is the original rick grimes yes yes there's even there's even a part in that original miniseries where he is in a hospital that was total Walking Dead flashbacks, right? Totally, as he's wandering, right? like he wait. It's almost like when he wakes up and he's wandering the halls, and there's dead bodies around. That was total Rick Grimes in the pilot episode. And people wonder why I say Stu Redman is the original Rick Grimes. It's because of the stand. Yes, you're, on, that, you're on it. Yep, 
But yeah, I mean, Gary Sinise is as as Stu Redman, Molly Ringwald as Franny, uh, James Sheridan, aka um, oh, or Jamie Sheridan. Um, oh, what was the show that he did? Um, oh, it's gonna bug me now. I have to look it up. Um, didn't he? I thought he did. Oh no, I must have him confused with somebody else. Oh no, Jamie Sheridan was Randall Flagg. I'm thinking of mm-hmm. um. Uh, Corin Nimick, who did uh, Parker oh Lewis gosh. Can't Lose. He was Parker Lewis in Parker yes, Lewis Can't Lose. Harold. Yes. I was never a huge yeah. fan of his. So when I when his name popped up, I thought, I totally forgot he was in this. And it's because I just never cared much for him. Um, <laughs> and his and he just did not play a great character. So that didn't help at all. <laughs> oh, his character is a total. Oh, <sighs> his character. I mean. His character is odd, too, because he's a character who didn't have dreams of the of Randall Flagg. Mm-hmm. He had dreams of Mother Abigail, right. but yet he still turned out to be evil. Yeah. So he's a complicated character in itself. He is. Uh, you know, because it took Nadine to kind of drive him to the other side. But, you know, it's it's weird because if you think of and now I'm going into analytic mode, uh, you know, if you look at these characters as the yin, yin and yang, mm-hmm. you know, the yin and yang is, you know, white on one side, black on the other. But there's a white dot in the black and there's a black dot in the white, which it stands for. There's a little bit of good in every, in every bad person, a little bit of bad in every good person. Yep. And if you think of that correlation between these groups with, you know, the, the bolder group being the good, Las Vegas being the bad... Uh, Harold is that black dot within the white. Trashcan Man, in some ways, is the white in the black. Yeah. Because he is the one that is the resolution to the situation. Yeah. That's good. I like that. So, you know, it's... And talking about Trashcan Man, played by Matt Frewer. Oh, my gosh. Man, I love love Matt Frewer. Love Matt Frewer. Oh my gosh. Max Headroom mm-hmm. will go down in absolute history. So I've been a fan since I was a kid. My I, I life for you. Um, Watchmen, he was in um he was in a show that I really, really liked on um on sci fi network called Eureka. Mm-hmm. That he 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 played a character named Taggart, and I just I loved his character on that. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun seeing uh, Matt Frewer in there as well, and I'm really excited because of who's playing Trash Can Man in the reap in the new one. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. It did. It was rumored that Marilyn Manson was mm-hmm. supposed to play him, and I think there was some sort of, I don't know if it was like some type of miscommunication or what happened. Really, I didn't dig too deep in that because it seemed like it was going to go down this rabbit hole. So I kind of stayed at a high level, but um, I, I think maybe it wasn't really that character he was supposed to play. Someone said, no, he's really supposed to play this other character and it just didn't work out with timing or schedule or something. So it ended up getting cut. Um, so I don't know, whatever, um, you know, really happened there. I'm not really privy to, but yeah, Ezra Miller um, is going to play trash came in. I think that's a really perfect choice. I do too. And from from what I read with the Marilyn Manson thing, I think there was a lot of confusion in that it was mentioned he was involved. So a lot of people naturally made the assumption, well, if there was any character he could play, Trash Can Man Man. would probably be the most perfect. Um, From what I understand is his involvement is he does a song on the soundtrack. 
Ah. His his inclusion is to the soundtrack. It's not to the actual um, casting of the series. I wonder what it will be. It'd be cool if um, it was a song for Randall Flagg, which I know you mentioned and we were talking before um, just offline um, when we were talking about the podcasts and, you know, what we were going to, you know, formats and kind of planning and everything else. And you had mentioned that if you want to talk about what you would really like to see um, from the original into the new one was the music for Randall Flagg. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because I, I just want to say ever since the first time I saw The Stand, I cannot hear Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult without thinking of this miniseries. Hells yeah. <laughs> they have to have Don't Fear the Reaper somewhere in this miniseries. And if it's a Marilyn Manson cover of Don't Fear the Reaper, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting chills because that's kind of awesome. <laughs> I was wondering when you were talking about Marilyn Manson doing a song, and I thought, oh, my God, what if they did Don't Fear the Reaper? Because I know that's the song that you really wanted, um, mm-hmm. that you were hoping that they would carry over. Kind of like a nice little tie-in and a homage to the 1994 version in the new one, if they had the same song, but maybe kind of did a, f- a fresh you know, kind of version of it. And yeah, that would be amazing. I would I didn't, I didn't put those two things together until you just brought it up in that way. But if he does a cover of don't fear the reaper in, in classic Manson style where it's like real, like kind of slowed down and, you know, kind of off key a little bit, man, uh-huh. that would be amazing. I'm down for that. I'm probably going to get myself all psyched up for it. And, it and might it'll be never have it. different. <laughs> It'll just be like an instrumental version of the beautiful people, like in a casino somewhere. Right. And that's probably all it will be. Play like two or three seconds, seven, and that's all that we're going to get. And I'll be like, oh shit, <laughs> yep. there it was. Hope oh, you enjoyed. Right. <laughs> probably getting myself all psyched up for something now that's not going I to know. happen. I'm sorry. It's totally my fault. If it doesn't come to fruition, it's totally my fault. I'll take the blame for that. But I, when you said I was like, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. It's, it's fine. It's it's one of those things that actually I'll probably completely forget about and uh, yeah. while I'm watching, and I won't remember it un- until it actually happens. Yeah. So if I, so if it doesn't happen, <laughs> I kind of won't be I won't be too disappointed because I won't remember it happening. Yeah, and I'll just keep quiet. I'm like I'm just not going to talk about it, and hopefully he'll forget, <laughs> and I won't have to be proved wrong. But it would be it'll super be, fun. It would be fun if it happened. It'll be kind of like. Uh, uh, when in the in the season finale of The Walking Dead, I'm a huge Talking Heads fan. Mm-hmm. So when they were leading, I know we're going off on a different show, but when they were and spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen the season finale, uh, when they were playing the music to lead the zombies away, and the and the music was Talking Heads. Yes, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like I love this. Yes, good. It'll moment. be one of those good moments. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so. I'm really excited. I, I I have I'm trying to anytime something new like this comes out um, and I start getting really excited about it, I start talking myself down. Like, okay, bring yourself back down now, Rima. You need to like keep some realistic expectations, and you don't want to be disappointed because when I when I you know how and when I'm way up here, you know, um, then I I sometimes get let down. Um, so I just want to try and keep it kind of medium. I want to have, you know, hopes a little bit, but I'm going to keep them 
hopefully realistic um yeah for this new one but i'm you know i am excited about the cast and and um there were still some other folks some um people that like max wright was one of the doctors and i was like oh my god i don't know that i've seen him in anything i mean he's been in some shows but i know him more from alf um yes yes that's right he was the dad in alf yes um, but he's been in other stuff. I know I couldn't sit here and name everything that he's been on, but he's been in some things, you know, parts like, um, you know, in the stand um, throughout the year. So, you know, you've seen his face. Shawnee Smith. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I forget that, you know, I was like, oh, my God, she's in something way from 1994. She doesn't seem like she would be old enough to, you know, I don't know, for some reason, she just always seems like this young type of character. But I guess I remember seeing her in something even far back. I was talking about it with some um, some of our friends the other night. Um, I think it was game night or something that we were on a trivia night. And um, we were talking about her. And I was like, oh, yeah, we watched her in summer school going all the way back in the Mark Harmon movie. And I thought, <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. I forgot about summer school. See, I, I, I go that back. Movie. I think I think summer school was before it, but I go back to Who's Harry Crumb with John Candy. Oh, yeah, because she was she was the stepdaughter in Who Helps uh, John Candy's character of Harry Crumb and Who's Harry Crumb. Dang, she just but, doesn't I mean, seem old enough. She just always seems eternal. For some reason, I just always picture her as super young. So that was it was weird to see her in this. Um, yeah, she's she's fifty one, so she's um, gosh. but she still looks amazing. She looks for, amazing. Yeah, for her age, yeah. and. And I, and she, you're right. She's one of those actresses that she always played these. She always plays these weird, quirky roles because mm-hmm. um, she fits into them very well. And then you know when you see her again in in the stand, she fits right perfectly into the Julie uh, role totally. too. Totally. Um, in which I'm actually very excited because another actress I know, Catherine McNamara, is playing the Julie role mm-hmm. in this one. And I've seen Julie McNamara from Arrow, and I think The 100 was another show that she was in. So she's somebody I'm very familiar with. So I'm excited to see what she's going to do with that character. But, you know, Shawnee Smith, is, she's always one of those, been one of those actresses that anytime I see her pop up in something... Even if it's only for a couple minutes, like when she's with Steve Buscemi's character at the bar in Armageddon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just fun to see her. It is. I love so. seeing her. She's She she just has some... There's something about her. There's a, a spark about her. Um, yeah. And she has that kind of face. Um, shoot, they even had freaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I was going to bring him up. I'm so glad you did it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's even in it for, for a few minutes here and there. Yep. Yeah, he's uh he's primarily set in New York and he never makes it out of New York, but sure he uh, um he's the uh the bell ringer. Yeah. in the city Bring which out I thought your was dead. Yeah. Which, <laughs> it's which like Monty thought, Python flashbacks are for... <laughs> Yeah. Which I thought I thought was a lot of fun. Um the other oh god, there's one other face in there and I can't think of the actor's name. Oh, it's going to bug me. And I'm even looking at the cast right now to see if I can find it. Um, but he's the 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 head of medicine in Scrubs. He played Molly Ringwald's father. He played Franny's father. Oh, that's um, right. He's Dr. Um, Dr. Kelso. Yes, Kelso. In Scrubs. And now it's going to bug me until I can find it. <laughs> but even Stephen King Stephen has a King role. Stephen King was in it a lot. A lot yeah. more than what he normally is. I mean, usually when he he has a cameo in his movies, it's for like one quick scene, and he might have like one line, maybe two lines, maybe a word, 
um, and then that's it. But he was in this quite a bit. We got a, a lot of Stephen King in this one, which was a nice surprise. He he tends to have minor cameos in a lot of movies that mm-hmm. were adapted from his works. I know one in particular that I always loved is it's so it, it's so ridiculous. But if you've ever seen Maximum Overdrive, yes, he um, he's a guy at an ATM machine, and he's wearing like this really old man hat and glasses and his only line in the movie is honey this machine just told me to fuck you (laughs) (laughs) or to fuck off or something like that and like he always plays these these weird quirky cameos but you're right in this one it's more lengthy like he's in it i think for two episodes yeah for two parts of the four i think the only other thing i've seen him in this much and this is one of my favorites that he's in and that was creep show yes Yep. Yeah, he was in that because he was in, and there were like it was like a four part, you know, little short stories, um, and he was in in one of them, and that was probably like the longest I'd seen him in anything. Um, and then there was this one. Now it still wasn't a whole lot, but he was in there a lot more than what he usually is because it is usually just a quick cameo, like in um, Oh Shoot, which one was it? He was like a pharmacist, you know, he had like one little line as a pharmacist in one of. Oh, his, I I you know. I think that's in it. Is it an I think it? that's the original okay. It miniseries. He was he was the pharmacist that gave Richie his medicine. Yeah, so it's yeah. usually just something really quick. It's a quick line, um, kind of a throwaway, and you just get all excited, you know, as you're sitting there and you're watching, and and then you're like, oh my god, there there he is, there's the master, you know. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, this one he had a little bit more lines and a little bit more of a presence and. And that was fun. And I didn't recognize this guy anywhere. So as I'm looking at his name in the list. I think I'm wondering if you're looking at the same name I am. Sam Raimi? Yeah, Sam Raimi. (laughs) Where was he? Bobby Terry? How did we miss that? Oh, there are pictures if you click on. That's, oh my God. That's from, for part of forgiveness for any, for listeners who can't see it. Um, because it, it obviously it's not a visual thing, but yeah, I I I see him now. That's Sam. That doesn't look like Sam Raimi. Did they? they that, did they did, miscredit? Yeah, that might be a miscredit. Oh no, this picture does look like Sam. So I okay. I guess he is. I guess he is in it. I'm trying to remember where this part happens. I I don't remember it. So like um, apologies <laughs> to anybody listening who's like, what? Are, how are they looking at? Google guys, Google with us and and be on be on with us. Yeah, yeah. Same Ramy. Same oh, Ramy was sure in the stands. Oh my it gosh, looks, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, there's one picture that doesn't exactly look like him, but there's one you can definitely tell it's him. You sure can. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! You I know, saw that. We're we're Sam Raimi fans around here. And Ken Jenkins is the actor I was thinking of that played uh, Franny's father. Yes. Um, Thank you. Who was Doctor Doctor Kelso in uh, in Scrubs? Yes. Can't forget him. So, uh, what about the new cast though? I mean, there's some big names that ha- that we're going to be seeing in. Uh, in, the, in this new version, I mean, we already mentioned Ezra Miller. Um, I, I know one I want to bring up that the moment I saw the announcement, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much a no-brainer. And that's Whoopi as Mother Abigail. Is that what did it for you? Uh, well, I'm, it's it, it's weird because like it was, it was um, uh, Ruby Lee who played Mother Abigail in the original one. Yes. Uh, or, uh, Ruby D, not Ruby Lee, sorry. 
And so that was always a big curiosity of me. It's kind of like when, um, and I know this is the best movie to, to reference, but when they made the live action Dukes of Hazard movie, <laughs> live action as if the original was animated, um, when they made the film, my question was always like, well, who's going to be Uncle Jesse? And with the moment they you they say it's Willie Nelson, it's like, oh yeah, well, doll, that's that's the only person it could be. Yeah, I kind of had the same sense in, um, in Whoopi being cast as Mother Abigail because she is of that age. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not a hundred and six like Mother Abigail, but oh. you know, she she fits that role pretty well she when does. you see her. Yeah. So when I saw that casting, I was like, yeah, that. That makes sense. Like I'm, I'm on board for that. I I think it makes good sense that she is chosen for that role. I think she'll do it really great. I just, it wasn't when I heard that they were redoing this. That's not the actor that did it for me. That I was like, oh yeah, uh, that'll. Do I it. know who did it for you. I, it's it's no surprise, no surprise. I know, but. Yeah, I, go, I'm. Yeah, go ahead I, and, and and put it out there. It's. Okay. I'm. I'm pretty sure it, it's Eric Northman himself <laughs> that did it for you. It's the Viking. <laughs> it's always the Viking. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though, I, I'm not. I'm not against you on this. I think look, that's. I mean, he's fantastic. And and look, yes, there are all kinds of shallow reasons why I am on board for him being cast in, in, in this role. Um, but I've, I've watched him over the years and you know what? True blood doesn't get enough credit. If, if you really watch him in true blood, he does a great range, um, you know, with his character of Eric Northman and I won't spoil any of that, but I mean, it it was really cool to see him kind of go from, you know, um, not quite maniacal, but like a little evil, a little playful, um, you know, and kind of not be who you always expect him to be. And he's had a multitude of roles in between that time. And then he was in the first season. Well, he was in the second season, too. But the first season to me is what really counts of Big Little Lies. And he won. Um, I think he got a Grammy for the. No, sorry, not a Grammy. That's music. <laughs> Totally off. He got an Emmy <laughs> and a Golden Globe. Sorry, that's what I meant. I was thinking G's and I said Graham instead of Golden Globe. But he got a got Golden it. Globe and I'm pretty sure an Emmy for that. And it, it was totally well earned because um, his character that he played, I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. And it was, you know, he played this very complicated um, character. And so I, I feel that he's going to do evil very well but it's not going to be just like a straight up evil you know it's going to be nuanced well i mean and that's the thing about it too like jamie sheridan played a great version of randall flag because yeah. just like uh, you know eric northman that yeah, as you mentioned jamie sheridan played randall flag almost like a playful evil right he was a guy that wasn't evil to be evil he was having fun being evil mm-hmm. and i you know when you figure that's how eric northman was and that's how uh, you know, Alexander Skarsgård played him. I think he's going to be able to play Randall Flagg pretty well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited, too. I'm excited to see what he's going to do with that yeah. role. Yeah, I think he's going to do really well. I think he's going to, you know, I, I think it's it's easy to, to, you know, try to play Randall Flagg as like this exuberant, flamboyant 
type of character, but I think he's going to bring like a quiet kind of undertone to it. And I think he's going to try and make it his own. And I'm, I'm really excited. And also I've just always got a thing for bad boys. So <laughs> I'm totally down with Alexander Skarsgård uh, playing a bad boy. It, it's I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. So, but there's still there's a lot of other great cast too. We I could go on and on about about him um, all night long. <laughs> so, but I mean, and and our Stu Redman in this one is being played by James Marsden. Do you have thoughts James about Marston. that? Because I know Stu I'm, Redman's a, a kind of a, a you know character you hold dear. So, are you okay with that? And and I love Gary Sinise. I love Gary Sinise's portrayal of him because Gary Sinise always kind of has that. Um, he's got that scruff masculine kind of Honorable. you know feeling to him yeah like when you when you see when you first see Stu redmond in the original miniseries he's working in an about in a in an auto mechanic shop that's attached to a gas station yeah. so he has that country boy kind of like dirt under the nails kind of character to him yeah down to and earth yeah gary sinise can play that part very well James Marston, I've never seen him play this kind of role, but I've seen him play other kind of roles. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying he can't do this. I'm just very, I'm trying to keep an open mind. I'm not against him playing the role. I'm very curious as to how he's going to play it. I'm curious, but you know, you watched Westworld, right? Oh yeah. So I, I thought. Oh, that's true. He was amazing in Westworld. I thought. I thought this is where he got for me a little bit more credit as far as because I thought when I heard he was going to be in Westworld, I was like, what? I mean, and I like James Marsden. It just wasn't quite the type of show I would expect him to be in. Uh, but I thought he did a pretty damn good job in Westworld because I, you know, I and I saw him in it. I love him in Enchanted. My daughter and I were big I Disney mean, fans. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, but it looks, it's like, look at his range. Look what he do. And in 27, the, a lot of this is from my daughter. My daughter has this huge, huge crush on James Marsden. And so I've so been- 27 dresses. 27 dresses. She absolutely <laughs> loves him in 27 dresses. So I've, I've had to watch that a multitude of times. I'm not such a huge fan, but you know, I, she's like, you want to watch it? Yeah, I'm on board. Um, so I, I've seen well, that a lot. And so- Hairs- Hairspray is another movie that he's been right. in. But you know, when, you know, also I know him as Cyclops. From the X Men movies, yes, as well. the original, yes, yeah, love him, <laughs> love him as Cyclops. I don't know why you're that excited about the original X Men, but okay. Damn it! Come on, <laughs> Ben. We we got all no, the original guys. It was. It's a, got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, so I'm on board. Look, it was a, a you know what? It made m- my childhood dream come true. I was a huge X Men fan as a kid. The comics, the animated version, to see my heroes up on the screen for the first time. It may not have been absolute perfection. I know that there were some better ones that kind of came out, but I mean, seeing Cyclops and I'm, Wolverine. Oh, I'm with you. I'm I'm totally with you. I'm I'm just kind it's of. It's okay. It's okay. Poking the bear a little well, bit. Well, look, his, I'm his a fan glasses, of those movies too. Cyclops is freaking like big ass glasses that they had him <laughs> in. What was that all about? Yeah, we could go on about that and, and pick that apart, which we won't. But yeah, there were issues for sure. But it was like the dream, that childhood dream, um, was good. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see what he can do. That's a pretty pretty big character, um, and choose to fill to see if um, if he can do that. Oh, he's basically, I mean, he's the, short of Randall Flagg, he's the lead. Exactly. 
That's big. You know, so it is. It is a big role to fill. Um, you know, I'm looking at the cast as well, and there's one in particular that I'm seeing. We, You know, we mentioned, I didn't see this until now. I know. Uh, um, we mentioned uh, Sam Raimi playing the uh, the role of Bobby Terry. Uh, the role of Bobby Terry is coming back <gasps> in this version. Look at that. And it is played by Clifton Collins Jr. I love it. And that is, uh, oh man, I love and another another Westworld alum. I love him. Yeah, he's so cool. So that's pretty cool. I just noticed that now. I never noticed that before. It took um, me a hot minute to realize Heather Graham was in it too. Well, Heather Graham is actually playing uh, Rita, which was the character that Nadine was combined with. She's the one that is with Larry in New York. So it's going to be interesting to see how, like, the differences, like you said. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's two differences I'm really curious about. Um, I'm really curious about the Rita Nadine storyline because they were two characters that were combined in the original miniseries. I want to see how they separate them. The other one, and I'm... I'm simply curious. This is not a criticism of, of any kind. Um, Larry Underwood went through, is going through a little bit of a gender, um, not gender, um, race um, change in this one. Uh, he was white in the original miniseries. Yes. He is white in the book, um, but now he's played by an African-American, which I'm totally fine with. So I don't want this to come across like, well, why did they have to make him black or anything sure. like that? I'm, that's, that's not the point. He's just described in the stand as a white man with a African-American voice mm-hmm. when he sings. Mm-hmm. And that's even hinted at in the 94 miniseries when his mom says, it sound, you, you sound black. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's how his character is described in the book and in, in the miniseries. They're, they actually make him African-American rather than a white man who sings like an African-American. So they don't even really need to explain that in the miniseries no, at all. I don't think so. Um, Why would we even know uh, that in any other yeah, way? Yeah, exactly. I just know there are going to be people out there who are going to bitch about it. <sighs> just let it go, people, you know? Yeah, it's, you know. Uh, the other cast member, though, that I know... So you said you've been keeping offline because um, <laughs> you don't want to... Uh, you don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. I will tell you... Uh, reviewers have only gotten the first four episodes. So there are no spoilers to the end of the series out there. Okay, well, that's good to know. Because reviewers have only gotten the first four episodes. The one person, though, there's... And I did read one review, and he did kind of pan it a little bit. And then when I kept reading, he also panned the original miniseries. So I was like, okay, well, then you don't know what the hell you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to take your review with a grain of salt. Um. The one character that they are saying really, really shines in this miniseries, and this gets me excited um, because I am working very hard to possibly have him as a guest uh-huh. on this podcast. That's Brad William Henke, who plays Tom Cullen. Okay. I'm not as familiar um, with his work, but I, I saw him earlier. Uh, I was reading some things about like um, what these actors have to say about their characters. A little bit. He, Brad William Henke is he's a former pro football player who turned actor. For the most part, does a lot of one-off guest appearances mm-hmm. on television shows. Um, this is not his first one. He was actually um, 
on Lost for a little while. Okay. Um, but he's also been in Justified and a number of other um, uh, bit well-known series. So you might recognize him more when you actually finally start to watch the episode. Mm-hmm. But his uh, he was also in uh, Orange is the New Black for a little while, too. But from what I'm reading, the at least the, the one or two reviews I've read, they're saying his character, his portrayal of the character really shines. Oh, exciting. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, because, you know, we have Boomer in in the role <laughs> in 1994 from from Coach. Dauber. Dauber. Oh my God. What Dauber. Yeah. Not oh Boomer. my God. Yeah. Can you tell it's been a day since I've seen Coach? One of my favorite series, um, you know, from back in the day. I still know the theme song to that song. <laughs> it's all instrumental, but it's, so I can't sing it, but I, yeah, I know yeah. it. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love that show back in the day. Big, big Craig T. Nelson fan since I was a kid and watched Poltergeist. I've been hooked on Craig T. Nelson. Um, <laughs> well, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. I read a little bit about some of the research that he did to play that role. Um, so I think, I think he's going to have an interesting take on, on that character. So I'm excited for that. Um, I, I know um, there's been some changes to Nick Andros uh, in, in this one. And Nick Andros is deaf and dumb, so he can't speak and, and he's deaf or um, and, and he's deaf. Uh, and he's also his character is originally from Nebraska. In this one, he is deaf, can't speak, and he's also partially blind. Right, he wears an eye um, patch. Yeah, and apparently they made him a um, an immigrant in this one, so oh, he's okay. not from the United States. Again, it's another change that I could care less about. Yeah, um, it's just interesting that they're 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 making these changes to. Uh, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, freshen it up. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm excited. The, and, and uh, you know, as long as we're talking about casts and stuff and, and issues that we may have, I'll be honest, I think there's probably only really one person that I have a true issue with. Can, can I guess? <laughs> yeah, and you're probably right. Is it Nadine? Yes. Is it Amber? Yes. <laughs> Amber Heard is a is a very polarizing figure polarizing in figure the right news um, today. Yeah. Um, I I will freely admit I'm I'm still a fan. Um, I liked her in in Aquaman. I've seen her in other stuff like Zombieland and uh, Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage, which is just a fun movie. Um, I'm still a fan of hers, so I'm I'm holding out judgment. I know there's a lot of the did she, didn't she take a shit on Johnny Depp's bed or whatever. <laughs> you know, look, it was a toxic relationship. I, I don't, don't know I don't if disagree. it necessarily should affect her performance or her career. Um, it's when you start doing racist and anti-Semitic things, then I start, or child molesting kind of things, that I... I start to take a look and be like, okay, I shouldn't be supporting you right now. I, I'll um, agree with that. Uh, to be fair, I've never liked Amber Heard. That's fair enough. I've it even before all of this, I've never really been a fan of hers. I don't I just don't think she's a very good actress and I've never really admired much of her work. And then of course, you know, current situations. Um don't help um so mm-hmm. i you know when i when i 
was reading more on this and kind of reading because I, I feel like I didn't see all the cast at once. It was kind of like, oh, this person's in it and then that person in it. And it's such a huge cast. I was only getting like little tidbits. And so when I saw her in it, I was just like, oh, shit, you know, because I've kind of stopped, <laughs> just kind of quit watching things that she's in. Um, like I almost didn't want to watch, um, you know, Aquaman because I was like, shit, I want to watch it and I'm excited for yeah. it. But she's in it. So damn it. I, I did watch it. But, you know, I'm kind of like just wanting to avoid her in general. And I'm like, well, shit, I can't avoid this one. You know, I'm podcasting on it and I'm going to watch it anyway. I mean, I am excited for this reboot. So regardless of whether I was podcasting, I'm going to watch it. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to do my best to um, be as like non-biased as possible. I'm going to try and put a lot of that aside and just focus on the character and not look at her so much. And I hope that she... um, that's that's a big big character in the stand. That's a big yes. role and a very crucial pivotal role in this series. So, you know, if she was a super small character, I probably wouldn't care as much, but I'm like, dude, you're playing Nadine Cross. You you don't fuck this <laughs> up is is my main thing because I'm usually just not very pleased with her performances in general. Well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, she is playing an evil character. So at least you, it, it you can feel good about hating her. It helps. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. You could feel good about hating her in this. Yeah. Uh, one other name on this cast list, too, that I'm very curious who he's going to be playing because he's only listed in one episode right now. Ooh. And that's Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. You don't know who he's playing? He's playing a character titled, uh, named Glenn Bateman, who was not a character in the... Yeah, oh, yes, he was. yeah, he was, oh, he was the old oh man. My God. He was the old man. He was Ray Walston's yeah. character. Why is he only listed for one episode then? Oh, spoiler, Ben. Well, see, I'm also on IMDb, and IMDb has a habit of not updating their information until it actually happens, which is one of the reasons why I like using IMDb, because they don't post spoilers. So I honestly have a feeling all the cast that I see listed on IMDb is not all the cast. It's possible. And I would not be surprised if we see a few surprise cameos pop up. Maybe. I would love to see some of the original cast of the miniseries pop up somewhere. Maybe a cameo from Rob Lowe would be pretty awesome. Um. Maybe even a Stephen King cameo oh at some point. Oh, God, please. Let's have a little bit of Stephen King, please. I need that in my you, world. So I I, I can't believe I, I looked at Glenn Bateman and didn't recognize that name. Man, I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm so disappointed. Dude, Hamish okay. Linklater's in this. Yeah. I, I didn't know he's in this, too. Yeah. I'm so excited for this miniseries. <laughs> I am too. Well, and I know him and love him from Legion. He was in Legion. Um, and Jason and I covered covered that series. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he that was a very interesting character. And I thought he did. A, a, he wasn't a, a beloved character or anything like that. But he was just a very interesting character. And, of course, because I love Legion and pretty much everything to do with that, um, that makes me partial to him, to see him again in something else. So that's awesome. Yeah, there, there, there are a lot of interesting, and I, and I'm willing to bet we're probably going to see, you know, just, you know, the the 
people in general, like at the, you know, at, at the free city of Boulder, you know, or mm-hmm. even at, at New Vegas and stuff, we're going to see just, you know, faces in the crowd, or maybe someone will just be more on camera, have like a line or a throwaway line or something. So, you know, we, we could see a lot more people who are, are you know, um, not listed. And they could very well be, like you said, maybe we'll see, you know, uh, Rob Lowe or someone from the original. I'll, I'll probably pee myself if I see any of, <laughs> any of them. I love I love the throwbacks and I love when they bring someone in from the original into the new, you know, to kind of tie them together a little bit and kind of give that little yeah. bit. I'm always okay with a little bit of fan service, you know? So, yeah. So I got to I got to ask you because you asked me earlier and I don't think we ever got your side of it of, you know, when it comes to this series, what are you excited to see? Like what are you looking forward to or hoping to see? with this new reboot. So one thing that I, I was, you know, I feel like they kind of fell short and it's not really their fault. It's, it's the technology and the times and maybe restrictions of, you know, being on TV, not movies. Um, because, you know, in, in 94, you could do a lot with movies. You had big budgets. You had a lot more available to you. And on television, you didn't get to always you know, be able to have the same effects or maybe put in the same things that you wanted to. Well, now, nowadays in today's world, TV as we know it are as amazing as movies. It's like sometimes bigger, sometimes bigger. You know, there are some fantastic TV shows out there that have amazing production value. So look at the Mandalorian. Holy shit. The Mandalorian is like a movie every week. It is. It is like a mini movie every single week. It's amazing what they do with that show. So we know that these things are possible. Um, There are many TV shows that, that accomplish this with not a whole lot. So what I'm really hoping for is... I would love to see more of what they weren't able to do in 94, maybe due to maybe the technology wasn't there. Maybe the budget wasn't there. They either didn't have the time to do, but really taking Stephen King's book and his vision and what he would want to do and kind of up that production a little bit. Now Mm -hmm. in 94, we're watching it and you don't know any better because that's, kind of just how it was in 94 and especially for tv in 94 you didn't have a lot of big expectations but nowadays we have that stuff production value is just as good in tv so i'm really looking and hoping for um it doesn't have to and i'm not talking like it has to be big explosions or anything like that just like maybe a better production value you know watching that the 94 version recently and i was kind of like oh man you know this is like the the hazmat suits just just (laughs) Are, they're so big and bulky. They're what just that? <laughs> and 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 what cracks me up too. There's the one scene where where Stu like presses the doctor up against the wall, and he's threatening with threatening to open a zipper. I'm like, wait a minute. Something about this isn't right. <laughs> it reminded me. So there are these, yeah, they're, they're like full of air. So they're like big and poofy. They look like Teletubbies or something. You might as well have put one of those Tyrannosaurus heads on the top. <laughs> <laughs> and just made it one of those big inflatable Tyrannosaurus yes. suits that you see walking around conventions all the time now. Yes. 
da 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 da. I was walking around being all silly. It reminded me of that episode two of, and I can't remember the, and I'm embarrassed that I can't remember the episode title with as many times I've damn, rewatched the damn uh, series. It's the episode of Breaking Bad where Jesse is in, um, and spoiler alert if this is too much for anybody, but there's an episode where Jesse's in the lab and he's wearing that yellow uh, suit that they cover themselves in when they're making meth and he mm-hmm. sticks like the air hose in the sleeve and it poofs up <laughs> and real big and he starts kind of dancing around a little bit. He's like, oh, look at me, look at me. And that's what those damn it, things reminded me of. It looks like a huge inflatable sumo suit. Yeah. Like they're going to start bumping <laughs> bellies here in a minute trying to knock each other down or something. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was exactly. Just, it was just terrible. I mean, even with like in 94 standards, I was like, you can't tell me that the, the you know, the, the emergency services people, the people who are, you know, exposed to these deadly viruses and, you know, that is that's that's not what they're doing. You know, that it's this just looks, you know, just so just small things, you know, like that. Um, I'm I'm. I'm with you on that. Um, I do want to see some updated effects. It doesn't have to be anything large, but maybe, you know, like in the first episode, as we're seeing everything kind of go to hell, um, you know, all we really got in the original one were little pieces here and there. And then we kind of saw more aftermath and not during. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'd be nice to see in this one, you know, maybe a plane falling out of the sky or something because a pilot died or you know, car crashes, like a little bit more destruction, mm-hmm. not Michael Bay destruction, right. but, um, go that far. You kn- no, but you know, just like little things here and there that kind of show the severity of what the world is really going through. Mm-hmm. Um, cause in the original miniseries, we only see it kind of through news reports. Right. Um, so it'd be nice to actually see it a little bit in this one as well. If we don't, that's fine too. Um, I'm I'm still just as interested. Oh, absolutely. In in it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm fine with that. And then you know, when they're kind of in the beginning and they're and I think it's wild Don't Fear the Reaper is playing and they're kind of playing those opening credits and they're kind of going through the building, you know, it's that main lab where it's kind of ground zero. Um and there are people like there was a person that died while playing ping pong. And he's literally kind of half standing up, slumped over the ping pong table. And I'm like, this dude would have totally slumped. It just wasn't realistic looking, I guess. Yeah. The, the, some of the positions that the people were in, you know, this one person's like got their hands up on the door and their faces. I saw that was the guy. And I'm like, are they frozen in place? That was the guy I noticed, too. It was almost like the director said, all right, everybody take your position right where you are. Stop. Stop. Frame. <laughs> and this guy's meanwhile he still got his hand on the door because he was helping himself down to the floor <laughs> i'm like this this come on guys i mean i i get i get what they're trying to say like people just kind of dropped where they were but i'm like this you'd slide down the wall you wouldn't be yeah. propped up on um you know half slumped over the ping pong table your body weight would have you would have slid off of the ping pong table you know just little things like that can we at least buff it up just a little bit and make it slightly more uh just a little bit more realistic in that way kind of really see Mm -hmm. what that looks like as everybody's just kind of so sick they're just kind of dropping um um, where they are so yeah just i mean and the other and the other thing about that too is that like you're right they wouldn't just drop like everything we've seen about from these people and what they're going through uh, these people are in agony as they're dying so you're right they wouldn't just flop over onto a ping pong table they wouldn't just like pass out 
Well, I mean, they could probably pass out on the couch because they just had a coughing fit and never got mm-hmm. up. But you're right. They wouldn't they wouldn't pass out on a ping pong table. They wouldn't, you know, be doing half the things that we saw them do. And I don't want this to seem like I'm knocking this series because Not I really all. do Not love that original all. series. Oh, no, it's beloved. And yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely not a, a downer. I think I think they did well with what they had. Mm-hmm. Um I mean yeah, you look, it's been almost 30 years yeah. at this point oh, yeah. that that mini series oh has been 26 years. Say that out loud. It's, Shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it's been, you know, 26 years since that mini series aired and uh, yeah, you look at the advancements in technology you're right. They did what they did the best they could with what they had mm-hmm. with both technology and television budget, which isn't nearly what it is. Hell today. No. Yeah. You know, company production companies didn't put as big of an investment into television as they do today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the reasons why a lot of those people that you saw in that miniseries were still very early on in their career or there weren't a lot of them. I mean, you look at the you look at the cast then. Yeah. And the number of names, the big names that were in it, you had Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, mm-hmm. and Ozzie Davis and Ruby D were pretty much really big at the time. Everybody else was still like an up and comer. Rob Lowe was still was, was a pretty big name. In the eighties, I, I, he's he's had career ups and downs a little bit. You know, he was really big in the eighties um, and mid eighties, and then this was ninety four. I think it was just one of those little ebbs and flows with his career because. Typically, people didn't go to TV to revive their career or to make a career. Now, it's just as cool to be on TV and in a TV series than it is to be in a movie. Like, people thought you had to be in the movies to be, like, a big star. That is definitely, yeah. that switch has flipped um, now, so. I mean, look look at Ezra Miller. I mean, Ezra Miller is playing a character, uh, is playing Trash Can Man, who is not a major character. No, he's not. But Ezra Miller is a huge name in Hollywood today. Yeah. Amber Heard, Whoopi Goldberg, James... These are big names, mm-hmm. and they're doing television. Yep. yep. It's, so n- it's not the stigma that it used to be. Nope. So I'm, I, I'm really excited about this miniseries. I am too. I'm, I'm really excited that I'm going to get to dive into it with you every week Hell for the next yeah. nine weeks. Uh, if anything, this conversation makes me more excited because I know when before we started recording, we were like, well, if if this goes for like, you know, half hour, 40 minutes, it's fine. You know, it is what it is. We're just going to chit chat about the original miniseries. We're now about an hour and 10 minutes. I know, in. And we could probably keep going and going. <laughs> yeah. So easy. So, you know, I, I that makes me even more excited about the upcoming weeks of, you know, covering this series and... I've got some surprises in the works on my end that I I can't make any promises they're going to happen, but Sweet. maybe they will. Um, I'm I'm talking. Uh, I mean, I'm talking to CBS about possibly getting a cast member or two to join us for part of the discussion. So I'm using some of my contacts from my other podcast to kind of enhance this one. Again, no guarantees it's going to happen, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Are you going to pass? So I don't know if it'll be. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> um, you know, they might give us. You know, some... I just. I have to say, in everyone's best interest, it's probably best if it's not. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, do, we really, I'm, I'm, do we really need a recorded um, reaction from me? <laughs> no. No one needs to see nor hear that. Um, yeah. I, I don't need that. I've embarrassed myself enough in the three years that I've had a podcast. <laughs> um, and in private, I don't need that broadcast because... Um, it just it, it wouldn't be good. I can't even speak right now, just even thinking about the, the potential of that happening. So it's probably as much as what that sounds super amazing. Um, and I would like be forever indebted. It's probably best if it's not. Um, it's it, it's very funny because your reaction to the possibility, even the slightest possibility of having Alexander Skarsgård on this podcast is your same reaction. My co-host on the Lost podcast is because I keep telling her I'm working on Josh Holloway um, and, and I am. I'm working on Josh Holloway for that because we've had one or two cast members already on had amazing people on that on. podcast. Yeah. Um, so I'm. Sometimes my contacts do play out, so I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, but and, yeah, it's you and Alexander is kind of the same way as her and Josh. So it's and that's a totally understandable reaction because uh, yeah, Sawyer, holy shit. Um, but at the same time, like her reaction to Josh is w- the same reason why you have a reaction, to Alexander. But I would geek out just as hard if I was able to get Michael Emerson. Just because for completely totally. different reasons, you know, <laughs> you for the Alexander Skarsgård. I'd be thrilled, but I, I'd be thrilled with anyone, and it would be absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, like I said, I just I don't know if we need to go there, and I don't know that anyone needs to hear any of that. There, they wouldn't be hearing anything, Ben. It would be all you. I'd just be sitting here <laughs> in and, like, and a lot of heavy breathing in the background. Yeah, and then you'd hear a thump on the microphone, and that would be me passing out <laughs> and falling onto the floor um, because I just wouldn't be able to take it anymore. If you do anything like that, even if it's not Alexander Skarsgård, I might you might need to pass me a Xanax. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's going to have to be something involved to bring me down because. Uh, I, I can't do it. Uh, I can't. Well, unless it's Amber Heard, and then you just might not even sign on. So Ben will be hosting by himself this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ben's got a special guest. Uh, <laughs> I would be excited to talk to Amber. You Heard. know what, Ben? I would be excited for you. I would be excited for no. you. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be Amber. Hey, you, but you never know. It could be Amber Heard because she needs all the positive press she can get right now. So you never know. It could be. You know be. what? I, I wish you all the best. <laughs> wish you all the best. Again, I'm going to, I'll do my best. I, I will do my best. I'm going to try and put all that aside. I do try very hard if I ever come across anybody in any podcast, um, you know, that, and, and we're covering a show and if there's a particular actor or actress and I'm just like, I just never really like them that much. I always try to just be like, you know what? Just don't think about them and just look at them as their character and look at their performance and judge them on that. So that's what I'm going to yeah. do. My best is, is remove and, any feelings that I have towards her personally and just focus on, on her performance um, and that character. So, and you, and you've moderated before. So yeah, I, totally. I have no doubt that if I'm able to pull some strings and get, one or two of the cast members on i have no doubt i that no it doesn't matter who it is you would be completely fine you know i've handled my shit before um you know (laughs) we did uh henry thomas and the two little kids from hill house you know i was totally geeking out over that my god it's henry thomas freaking et yeah holy it's it's elliot elliot um (laughs) yeah so i mean i i managed um somehow there was maybe a few shots 
uh, backstage before that happened at, you know, 9 a.m. Eh, to help <laughs> <laughs> help the nerves. But I, I muddled through that just fine. I handled it. I didn't fangirl too hard. Um, and he was super nice. He made it easy. He just, he has this way, you know, when they're really nice that they kind of like, like, dude, I'm just another person. It's okay. So he was, he was really gracious like that. So yeah, yeah. it'll I've, be fine. It'll be fine. But I make no promises I have, if it's Alexander's <laughs> I have six years of my, my one podcast under my belt going into my seventh over 200 plus interviews. Dude. I've moderated over 50 panels. I, the, the whole geek out moments for me are, you, are not you, there You anymore. have nerves of steel. There's just no way that that's going to bug you anymore. I think you're immune. The, there are one or two people that I would, <laughs> if I were able to get them, I would geek out for sure. Totally. But I wouldn't geek out during the conversation. I would geek out before it and get it out of my system. Oh, yeah. Or wait until afterwards so that I don't scare them away. Yeah. yeah. And then and That's, then that's it, what so. I do. Anytime I have those moments, I'm like, let me go get this out of my system. And, yeah. and that way it doesn't happen when I'm in front of them. That way I can just sit there and have a stupid look on my face instead of instead of blurting something out. I just have I just stand there instead with a stupid look on my face like, yeah, this is so hey, I, I sat I sat backstage and had a conversation with Jason Momoa for 25 minutes about wine and travel. I can't really it, there's there's nothing that makes me really geek out much anymore. <laughs> if you had if so. you had estrogen instead of testosterone, it would have been a whole oh, different yeah. conversation there. Ben. Yeah, I have. I have no doubt. <laughs> But again, so again, no promises. Um, but I'm working on some stuff. I'm trying to pull some strings. That's exciting. So you might, you might, you might hear some uh, some surprise conversations popping up over the next couple of weeks. But if you don't, uh, don't hold it against me. I'm I'm trying. Eh, you can only do so much. Some things yeah. it looks so, and 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 it can always be pulled away at any minute because you know as soon as you have something set up and it looks good, something can happen last minute as schedules. Oh. Anything can happen and it gets yanked away from you. So, you know, I can make a list of guests who were scheduled to be on my podcast and then ended up getting pulled at the last minute due to scheduling. Yeah. So yeah, no promises, <sighs> but you know what? We will hope hope for the best. Yes. Exactly. And we'll see what happens. It, it'll just be a nice yeah. surprise. Yes, I'm s- exactly. We won't even tell you when it's happening. We're just going to put it in. You probably shouldn't tell me when it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be there to be a part of it. No, Ben. Well, I'll be there, but you shouldn't tell me. When it's, you should just be oh, like, oh. hey. Uh, Freema, by the way, we have somebody else on the line. Look, you just phoned in. <laughs> don't let me <laughs> well, don't want- let me have time to think about it. That's Well, I want you to prep if you have like questions for them. Depends on who it is. All right. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be a fun (laughs) couple weeks. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I I didn't mention this this at the top of the podcast, but anybody who is a fan of Paik, Paik is going to be joining us for about three episodes of the nine, which is going to be fun. And as I mentioned on another podcast that Paik and I were just on, I am simply keeping his seat warm. Uh, (laughs) I'm not taking over. I'm just keeping his spot warm. He he's going to be back. Yeah, and uh, and then hopefully once he's back, uh, I might pop in from time to time, depending on what you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely, we'll see. Absolutely, but for the, in the open door. In the meantime, for these nine weeks, I'm excited and I'm uh, I'm looking forward. Hell to yeah, it. yeah! Thanks for mentioning that because I I, I did want to let people know that that you know and and I I think I might have mentioned it um, when we did the finale of Blind Manor and mentioned it again on Dr. Sleep. You know, um, Paik isn't quite out of my clutches yet. 
he's 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 got in the game and it's like you know what dude you're in you're in you know um yep. as soon as you try to get out we're gonna pull you right back in not that pake's trying to get out but um so yeah pake's definitely gonna be joining us for a couple of episodes super excited i know he's a, a big fan as well so he's really excited to, to join us um this is just a fun little project that ben and i were both just super stoked to do and uh just thought let's just do it so it just it just kind of um organically grew out of that and then here we are so and yep pake needs a little bit of a break i've worked him pretty hard um since since he's joined (laughs) strange indeed and he still has another podcast too so he's been doing two podcasts for quite some time and you know you and i both know ben how much of a struggle it can be sometimes to keep doing multiple podcasts in a week so i i wish i remembered the days when i only had two podcasts to do (laughs) this i mean i i made the commitment to this but because i'm really excited to do it and but i mean i have i have this i have the spotlight that i mentioned before the lost podcast i have another podcast launching in january like i wish i remembered what it was like to have only one podcast every week i don't know how you manage it if (laughs) you know i've had weeks where i've done four and five and i thought i was gonna lose my damn mind uh so you know having to do two well and when you're editing and things on top of it that just adds to it that's another layer of work and things that you have to do and get done and be responsible for but um but yeah pig's gonna get himself a nice little break he still has his podcast run for your lives um with with daphne that he co-hosts um and then he's definitely going to be joining us and then of course yeah ben after this is um finished here with the stand you're always welcome anytime if if we're covering something and you are interested doors always open dude well, i appreciate it always and i will fully take advantage of it yeah yeah <laughs> you should because this shouldn't be a one-time thing again i don't even know how it, why it took this long for us to even like be on a like even on either guesting on someone else's podcast um guesting on um each other's podcast i don't know how the hell this happened but it's 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 due time yeah so it's it's taken too long yeah yeah so, so we're making up for it by doing it 10 weeks in a row <laughs> exactly gonna <laughs> <laughs> get it all in one bang here yep. <laughs> just get it out of our system and make up for lost time absolutely and then we'll just go from there yep we won't let that happen again <laughs> Yeah, I'm super excited. I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm stoked. Um, Well, is there anything else that you want to talk about, either the 94 version of The Stand or hopes and wishes or anything about the new one? No, I think I'm pretty good. Um, The only thing I just recently discovered, though, in doing my research about the original 94 that I didn't know until now, uh, Ozzie Davis in the original Mm -hmm. 94 who played... uh, uh, Judge Ferris mm-hmm. uh, and Mother Reby D, who played Mother Abigail, are or were husband and wife in real life. No kidding. Yeah, and I believe they were married at the time of the filming of the stand. Well, isn't that a nice little story? Yeah, I didn't realize that until I um until I just looked into it. So I like uh, that. And I know, yeah, she was married to, yeah, she was married to Ozzie Davis from 1948 to 2005. Wow. Yeah, until, which was when Ozzie Davis unfortunately passed away. So Wow, did not yep. know that. Well, so that's they, lovely. They were indeed husband and wife at the time of the filming of the show, of the series. I like it. Yep. 
but that's like it, it for that's it for me. That's really all I have. Everything else is just my uh, open ended curiosity and excitement for what this new reboot and uh, this new updated series is going to bring. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm excited. I was excited to rewatch the '94 version. It was fun. Um, a lot a lot of good things that I didn't quite remember. Uh, I saw some room, a little bit of room for improvement, but uh, it, mostly production stuff. It's mostly just me nitpicking um, some production stuff. But I think they did do a pretty good job. So I am excited to see, um, you know, what they do. And of course, I'm hoping. Um, one hope, I guess, I'll you know, put out there selfishly for myself is I hope I get to see Alexander Skarsgård covered in blood again. That's all oh I really boy. want. Here we go. Yeah. I thought you were going to say shirtless, but yeah, covered in blood is probably just as equal I, for you too. I'm okay with that. I love shirtless covered in blood. You're going to have a heart attack. I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'll be able to recover from that. <laughs> It'll take some time, but just, yeah, he could be fully clothed, but if he's covered in blood, that's going to put me over the edge. Oh boy. Sorry. I'm just, I'm putting it out there. It's just a warning. So that way if, if it happens and you're like, all right, then we're just going to have to, we're going to have to talk her down. You know what? I really have no room to talk because like I said, I'm a fan of Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's very attractive. I even thought she was attractive when she was a zombie in zombie land. So sure. I really have no room to talk. I get it. She was very attractive as a zombie. <laughs> I saw the attraction there. She's she's a beautiful woman for sure. There's no you can't take that away. From she's her just sure. crazy. She yeah. She's she's a different type. That's I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I mean, I will happily share my bed. I'll just put down plastic sheets. It's fine. Totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. For the for all that weird zombie puking no and, i was talking about the, and then the poop in on the bed yeah that's what more what i was i was thinking about yeah um all right we're getting way off topic yeah, we're getting we're getting some dark places ben <laughs> it's it's a little early yet to get into these dark places we're gonna have plenty of time for that when we get into oh, the stand man all right yeah so, so well, where do we go awesome. from here this is all well let's let's take a different spin on this and Please. get into a great part of the podcast that I always get really excited about. And that's our listener feedback portion. So I kind of put up a post last minute. I didn't want people to have to feel like they had to go back and and watch the original. I'm sure most of our fans had already watched it. I felt pretty good in that knowledge. So I'm like, Hey, anybody have some, some thoughts about the original, you know, we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit. So you don't have to go back and rewatch it. You know, there's, you know, not a lot of time in the day, but what are some general thoughts? So um, you guys came through as always, as you always do, my lovely listeners. Um, so the first one that we have is from our good friend Daphne Backman. She says, this is one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. I'm not sure it still holds up given all the advances in recording technology, but the cast was wonderful and I like the changes between the book and the movie. Yeah, like I said, there were definitely some changes between the book and the movie. Mm-hmm. I just never read the book to know what uh, what those, those changes were. I'm glad we're on the same level uh, level playing field with that one. So I think, and I think you know what I think. Watching this new series, I think it's going to help mm-hmm. because I don't think we're gonna we're not going to be over over critical of changes between the book and the series. We're going to be looking at this exclusively as a series and right. not a book adaptation. Yeah. And it's, I, and it's just not fair sometimes because you can, you are never, ever, especially Stephen King and where his crazy mind goes in his books, you are never going to get that perfect adaptation from 
a mm-hmm. book and what you're picturing in your mind when you're reading that book and then being able to project that on screen. I've never, I haven't seen too many people where they nail it. Misery was really good. There's probably some others without going too far in a rabbit hole of breaking down all of the different adaptations over the years. Um, but so, yeah, I think it's it's best to just focus on it as a miniseries and, and talk about it from that perspective and not judge it too much on Brooke versus miniseries. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. Cool. Uh, Tony Douglas, uh, Rob Lowe as Nick and Gary Sinise as Stu were well cast and did a pretty okay job bringing their characters to life. My opinion, a very forgettable and disappointing miniseries. Oh, I don't agree with that. Well, let's hope Tony, um, I hope that you watch the reboot with us and maybe have, maybe this one will be better for you. Let's hope so. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We can hope. Um, Sally Lynch Mock says, uh, was my first real introduction to Stephen King. The Stand is my husband's favorite book. The miniseries was good. Um, I hope the miniseries won't hit too close to the current world. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Uh, This one's from our friend Mark Kirkman. I thought it was a great adaptation of the book for its time. The first half hour was so intense for me from Blue Oyster Cult's intro with Don't Fear the Reaper. That was so eerie, but always has an image in my head, very similar to the book's depiction of the events. The rest of the series was more of hopefulness and fertility, just like the book. It depicted the battle of good and evil, something I think Stephen King was battling within himself at the time he was writing this. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, the story is timeless. No matter how you depict it, the characters within are what make the story. That's why I love this mini series on uh, this mini movie series on TV when it came out in 1993, or was it 94? It was 94, Mark. Uh, I can't remember, but I know I loved the series. I did an overnight movie watch with the Grim Life Collective on YouTube. Michael and Jessica did a live movie watch over the summer, and it was amazing. Oh, cool! That's neat. Uh, Wendy Eppers, another good friend of ours, says, I thought it was decent for the production value it had, but it never delivered on the potential the story has. Hoping this will rectify that. I can kind of see where she's coming from with that. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, we've mentioned a number of times, it's almost impossible uh, to take a story like this and have it live up to expectations when it comes to adapting. It is. It is. Uh, and last, last one, uh, Mary Patricia Dirigio. Hopefully I pronounced that right. I apologize if I didn't, uh, loved it. And Salem's Lot too. Salem's Lot's a good one too. I haven't watched that in a while. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Lots of good stuff. Thanks guys. That was just from a quick post on Facebook. So you guys came through as always. Um, we did get a voice message this week also from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hey, Ben and Rima, this is Steve, and this is for the 1994 miniseries, The Stand. I just watched it uh, this afternoon, and uh, I mean, like, all the four parts, just, just one sitting, just boom. Um, however long that is, six hours, I think? Yeah, six hours from when I woke up until, uh, until it was done. I'm surprisingly, there was a lot of people I forgot that were in this this show, and uh, even so far as like Ed Harris is uncredited, and Ken Jennings, I think uh, Ben and I we had a recording tonight. We talked a little bit about this already, so he may have already brought some of this stuff up. But uh, it was it was really great to revisit it. I don't know how long it's been since I actually watched the whole series. It's probably been since the '90s 
because I, I don't think I've watched it in the 2000s. And uh, I don't remember the book enough uh, to make comparisons, but uh, there were little scenes and moments that would come back to me. Like I remembered when Stu is there with his broken leg. I remembered that Tom Cullen is the one who finds him. And uh, so I, that kind of stuff I remembered. I kind of remember Trash Can Man getting the, the nuclear bomb. And uh, so... Um, but yeah, it was it was really fun uh, to watch it again, and uh, still still holds up and uh, relevant even in this day and age. So I can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one. I can't wait for the ten week, the new one that's that's coming out from CBS All Access. All right, talk to you later. I I awesome. don't <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with the still holds up part. Um, <laughs> the story maybe I guess does. Uh, maybe yeah. not production, but the story, the story does. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm impressed that he made the full six hour commitment and sat and watched it all in one sitting. Yeah, I had to, I had to break it up in two days. I watched the first two and then the second two uh, over this, this weekend on, I that, started on Friday. And that's what I Saturday. did too. Yeah. Yep. That's what I did too. And I think if I remember correctly, when this first aired, I think, you know, being the miniseries is miniseries back then. I, they were like week long events, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's I think that's how this was. I think this like this started on a Monday and it ran every night until Thursday night. They typically did. They would run it every night. It, it, it was during usually like an off season because, of course, like with network TV, you know, they have like their Saturday shows or Thursday shows. So it was usually during like an off season or something, and um, they would they would run it every like two two or three hours a night. Oh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking a look at it now because IMDb usually has yeah it was uh May eighth, nineteen ninety four, May ninth, May eleventh, and May twelfth. So they actually they took a Wednesday off, and they aired it on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. That was the nineties version of binging. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, these miniseries pretty, when they had them. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty accurate. So I'm uh. I'm 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 excited. I'm um thank you and too. thank you Steve for the uh for the for the feedback. Yes, thank you Steve. Thank you everyone that submitted some feedback. I hope you guys are on board with us. I know a couple of people were like, "Oh, man, another streaming service." Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done a CBS All Access show yet. Um and I'm there with you guys. You know me, I've got a love-hate relationship with some of these um streaming services. So I I, I hope that you join us or I hope you find some way maybe um sign up for that free trial get 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 to like that last week or something and maybe you can binge it save that last week to maybe binge it and sign up for that or maybe you'll have um some way that you'll be able to watch it so i'd really love to have uh, a lot of listeners uh chiming in and give us their thoughts on a week find find a friend with cbs all access and borrow their login (laughs) exactly isn't that the way of the world now yeah, everybody, sh- everybody shares logins. That's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. I think for a while, even HBO for a long time encouraged it when Game <laughs> of Thrones was still on. Yes, yes, they did. They were telling everyone, yeah, go ahead and share your user and password. We're good with that. And I think I think Netflix kind of discouraged it for a while, but eventually gave in and were like, you know what? It's fine. As a matter of fact, we're just going to allow you to create profiles. Here, just have profiles. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that everybody can use it. Four or five people can use your password, whatever. And then Hulu did the same thing. Disney Plus has profiles now. It's it's a given that people share logins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if everybody who used Netflix paid for Netflix, man, they'd have so much more money. They'd have 
uh, an astonishing amount that they have, you know, they already do. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it would be bananas. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and then there are apps like Disney Plus that have pretty much in one night convinced me that I am never giving up my subscription to Disney Plus. Disney Plus is um, it's kind of needed. Yeah. Right yeah, especially right now. Um, but right I mean, CBS All Access, you know, there's a ton of stuff on there. I mean, and this is... There's they're, a they're lot of good content. They're not a sponsor, so please don't think we're doing no. this for them. Oh, for, no. For we're factor. not getting paid to... Yeah, we're not getting paid for this. I don't get paid for any of my shit for any uh, shows or, or streaming services that I talk about um, at all. Um, uh, but but there's mean, good like, stuff on there. If you're a Star Trek fan alone, man, there is a ton of stuff. That, uh, Discovery is amazing. Picard. Picard is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... If if you know if you want to watch the stand, which we all want to do, especially if you're listening to us, I'm sh- I'm sure you kind of want to, um, you know, just yeah, think, like to do the free trial or just sign up for a little while to just get it know, for and, the get it for the nine weeks, and, and, and there will be other things to watch other than the stand. Get your money's worth out of it, and you can cancel it. Yeah, exactly. There's no contracts just, anymore, and who knows, you might end up loving it and keeping it. You might. It, you know, that's that happened to me with with Hulu. I signed up and ended up just keeping it. Still have it. it I happens. still have. I still have CBS All Access. I got them all. It's you know, it is what it is. That they so. hook us in, man. They hook us in. I, I always swore I'll, I, I wouldn't do it. I'm cutting myself off with this one, but Lord knows I'm signing up for another one. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks again, everyone, for your feedback. I hope you do find a way to watch uh, CBS All Access um, and and watch The Stand with us because I know Ben and I are super excited uh, to talk about it. We're excited to have you as part of that conversation. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, speaking of that, next week uh, we will be covering the new CBS All Access miniseries, The Stand, the 2020 version. Did I say yeah. 2020? It is 2020, 20, right? It is. It's still 2020. I know. It's <laughs> it's it's hard to believe it's still 2020, but it's still 2020. I'm, just, I'm telling you, there's like a time space continuum happening or something with my brain. I can't. There's like time is just different now. Um, so yeah, it's just weird to say that out loud for a moment. I mean, 2020 has been the longest five years of my life. I feel like it's, I've aged five years in this one year. Yes, I feel like we all have aged. Uh, my years. liver, my liver is worse for wear. I have aged at least five years in one year. Um, I, I'm, I'm having a having a moment here. Um, so yeah, I hope I hope you guys join us for that. That's what we're going to be covering um, next week, and it looks like the first episode. Hopefully, without get being too spoilery, I do actually have the names of the episodes here. Um, I didn't put it here in the agenda, but I'm looking at it online here. The title of episode one is called The End. Okay. So, so episode that, one, The End. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the end of pretty much, I was going to say the end of the world as end we know of, it, to yeah, quote that's what R.E.M. I was going to say, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, share, I swear, sometimes we share a brain, Ben. <laughs> to quote R.E.M., it's the end of the world as we know it. Yep. <laughs> ah, and Alexander Skarsgård feels fine. I have to find out. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so it'll be episode one uh, called The End, and that airs this week on December 17th. So we, we, we hope that you join us uh, for that. 
We're excited for you to travel to the Boulder Free Zone with us, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. And you can also check out Ben and his podcasts. Um, and Ben, I would love if you would tell our listeners where they can find um, you and all of your podcasts, or if you want to talk about what you, you have in the works. I know you've got some projects in the works right now. Well, you know, I figure rather than do this every week for like the next 10 weeks, I'll just uh, let, let's get it all out now. Okay. And then we'll put it in the show notes. Yes. So that if you didn't hear it now, you can hear it. This way I don't have to. <laughs> I, I'll, maybe I'll mention like one thing every week instead of all of them. You're being so humble. You're being so <laughs> humble, not wanting to pimp yourself. Well, because I have so much that like I just don't want to go <laughs> don't on for it. like. Yeah, like pick it's, one, pick one and focus on it. Well, I, so uh, so I'll just put it like this. I'm like um, everything that I do on my podcast network, which is uh, the Spotlight, which is the interview podcast I do, which I just I mentioned earlier. Six seasons in, going into season seven in, in 2021, um, the Lost podcast, which is we have to go back, Lost revisited, which we're in the middle of season four. Both of those podcasts can be found. All the information for both of them can be found at thenextlevelnetwork.com. Um, and then just click on each individual show page and you'll see that as well as all the other podcasts on the network. And then you'll find all the information on how you can subscribe and where to follow. Everything will be right there. Uh, I am also launching a new podcast in January called Wilhelm, which is a film roundtable podcast in which uh, I'm hoping you are going to be on with me in the first couple of weeks because I want people who listen to Strange Indeed if they come over to Wilhelm to hear a familiar voice. So I want you, you know, I want you to be on one of the first episodes of that. Um, but I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that, especially considering it's going to be a weekly podcast and I have a list of episodes to do over 200 long. So I have legit three years of shows planned for this podcast. That's exciting. Um, so I'm just really excited for that. Um, that one in particular, uh, I want to encourage you, if you're interested in that, in either listening or being a guest, uh, you can check out all the new social media for that, facebook.com slash Wilhelm. Uh, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Wilhelm pod. Uh, or if you have recommendations for movies you want to hear us discuss, debate uh, topics you want to hear us debate, or actors you want to hear us gush about, uh, you can send me an email at thewilhelmpodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. You have a lot going on. How did how'd you find time to fit this in your schedule? I don't know. Um, I, oh, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know how you made it work. Not, not to mention the fact that I, I, I work I would say to you pay work. my bills. This is not your full-time job. This so. is not my full-time job. <laughs> this is more of a hobby that doesn't pay me anything. Exactly. Um, I'm in the middle, because we're at Christmas, I'm in the middle of making a bunch of chocolate-covered stuff for people for I the know. holidays. I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you do it. You you, you kind of wear me out, just me watching from afar. <laughs> I, You know what? In all honesty, with the way this year has been, and as anxious as I've been, you know, dealing with anxiety and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, it keeping busy has been a huge help. 
Well, that's so good. I'm glad I'm, you found I'm, some things to help I'm, you. And in the middle of it, of all of it, I'm trying to get through all six seasons of Shit's Creek. Amen and to that. I'm on season four. I'm in. See, I, I'm just about ready to start season five. I love it. So I love so it so good. much. I'm so, so glad. Good. I'm like, why did it take you so long? It's so good. I asked myself the same question. Like, why did I wait so long to watch this show? I know. It's so good. I'm loving it. Um, <sighs> that's awesome. Thanks, Ben. Yep. Nope. Of course. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Raymond. And I'm Ben. And Mary Patricia de Arago is strange indeed.